It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, you gave an incredible message yesterday called The Roar of the Lion. And if someone hasn't listened to that, I would encourage them to go listen to it at ellerslie.com. Go to the sermons, or if you're listening this week, go to the ellerslie.com forward slash daily. Could you unpack what you mean by the roar of the lion? I know you love titles. Mm. That's that's one I think as a man, it's like, yes, that's a, I don't even know what the content is. That's a good sermon. Uh, but what, <laughs> could you express the content of the message? Yeah, and I think it's important uh, to just clarify. There's there's two lions described in scripture, and we need to know which one we're talking about. Uh, there was a roaring lion who is seeking whom he may devour, as mentioned by Peter. Uh, and that's, you know, speaking of Satan, the devil, we're not talking about that one. We're talking about a roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And multiple times throughout Scripture, which we went through in the message yesterday, so interesting, where it makes it very clear the voice of God is defined. And I go through uh, the Scriptures and I, I make it clear how God's voice sounds, like it's described multiple times. And a roar of a lion is one of the ways in which it's described. One of the statements I made yesterday was talking about uh, low-frequency sounds uh, like a lion's roar or thunder are uh, have an interesting impact psychologically upon humans. God created us, and he knows how he created us, and it creates an inner tremble. And so uh, a lot of times those sounds will be created in like if you're creating a movie trailer and you want to boom, boom, you know, create a moment of intensity, you create one of those low frequency sounds. And oftentimes they'll even create sounds in movies using thunder and lion's roars as part of it. Like uh, if you're trying to put a, an audio landscape together behind a movie, you'll mix in those sounds that are intrinsic in God's creation, but they create a tremble. And if you think about it, God's voice sounds like many waters, like Niagara Falls. It sounds like thunder, and it sounds like a lion's roar. That's his word. His word has a weight to it and a gravity to it. And so the message yesterday was just sort of introducing us to this fact that many of us just want to just, you know, decry any strength to God's voice. And we want to just make it still and small. And yesterday we talked about the fact that, well, it can be still and small. Praise God, <laughs> it can be still and small. However, it also has a thunder to it. And many of us are, if we had a radio frequency in front of us, we want to tune in to the still small, the gentle, the compassionate, the loving, the tender. We don't want to get to the station, uh, I, was, I was called it Roar FM uh, yesterday, where we are shaken by the word, where we tremble before the word because it it cuts right through our fog. It exposes what we need. And so yesterday we unpacked the idea of the roar. And in the Hebrew, uh, there's this word, the verb ruah, which I'm convinced is the root of the word roar, even though etymologically no one wants to point back to it. I'm just, it's just too obvious. It's like low-hanging fruit that I'm bopping in, you know, in my head, you know, as I'm walking around the orchard. And, uh, but it literally means like to roar, okay? As a verb, it means to make a loud noise, like a war cry, a battle cry, a shout. And, uh, and so we were basically saying that's what Joshua is going to command the people to do, uh, for instance, in front of the walls of Jericho. And when they shout, when they ruah, 
you're going to see the impact of it. That shouting is going to bring down the walls and it's going to establish a new beginning. And so we went through the history of the shout in scripture or the roar. And so when you, when you think about God having a roar, his word having a roar, his word, the word of God in flesh, Jesus having a roar. And that was, I don't want to spoil the message from yesterday, but it's pretty profound and a new beginning happens. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today. We want to dig deeper into that. That's right. So this particular episode is called the roar frequency, which is going back to that dial idea of being on the right frequency. Would you even talk about the current landscape of postmodernism? I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, in this almost anti-Christian age that we live in, it seems like what a lot of the aspects of the modern church, I should say that way, it's like they're purposely dumbing down scripture specifically to make it feel good, to make us like it uh, so that it becomes flexible based on our own personal opinions and lifestyles. Could you maybe even flesh that out about the fact that that is actually not what the word of God is? Yeah, I, there's, it's been a pretty hefty movement, even within the conservative uh, sides of the church, and it's, it's sort of crept in surreptitiously. And that is the idea that scripture cannot be understood. And it was uh, part of this postmodern uh, thing, which is all based upon the fact that, well, no one really knows anything. And so you could believe in Buddha and Jesus being your savior at the same time, you know, and they're, they could be equally true. And it's just mush is what it is. There's no clarity. There's no sharpness. And the Hebrew culture is based upon clear communication. God is going to design, even in his law, this idea of communicating through trumpets, trumpet blasts, very distinct notes and sounds, which call the people together. And if you do two blasts, this happens. If you do just one blast, this happens. If you do the triple note, then this happens. And everyone needs to know, because you don't want to be called to war on accident. You know, when everyone leaves, hey, honey, I have to go. We have a, a battle to fight. And to find out that it's just a congregational meeting. In other words, you want to understand, you need to know, that's God's word. It's a trumpet blast. It's a lion's roar. It's a thunderous uh, statement, but it's clear. The postmodern era has brought in this notion that it's like, well, we can't really understand scripture. And so, you know what? There really isn't any definition to the way we need to live. And so we really don't know these things. And it's sort of like, instead of uh, going straight to, you know, Roar FM and getting a clear signal from it, which is available, we're getting a little off. So you can barely hear it and you can't make out all the words. And we actually want it that way. And that's sort of what you and I wanted to bring up is it's a human tendency to not want to hear God clearly. Because if you hear God clearly, you're responsible for what you know. He who knows what he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. So maybe if we just didn't know what we ought to do, <laughs> then if we don't do it, well, maybe it's not sin. It's a very fascinating psychological <laughs> gymnastics routine. And it's actually really dangerous because if if I hear something, there, there's, a, there's a weird tendency, I think, in most people mm-hmm. that because I've heard it and because I know information about it, I, I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, uh, my classic example is uh, working out. Uh, I have read so many books on health and fitness over the years, and I could give you all these details, and I could do the charts and the graphs. But you'd look at, I'd look in the mirror, and I'm like, buddy, uh, you're not doing anything. <laughs> and so I knew I knew information, but that wasn't actually translating into yeah. obedience, into action. And there's something dangerous about the Word of God where I can read it, I can study it, I can know it academically, but that doesn't actually mean it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean... I'm walking in obedience mm-hmm. to it. 
And I think that's what you see in the Pharisees. Here the Pharisees, they had it memorized. Uh, I mean, that really was part of their, their lifestyle or that culture is they, they had the Old Testament memorized. And yet Jesus comes in John chapter 5 and says, hey, you've, you're searching the scriptures thinking that you're going to find eternal life, but you're missing it because here I am. I'm standing right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just this weird dynamic that, you know, James would say, you know, faith without, I'll, I'll use the word action. Mm-hmm. But if you don't live this thing out, if you don't walk in obedience, then do you actually have the substance? Yeah. Jesus says, you know, you, you're going to. Uh, you will love me by obeying my commands. Mm-hmm. That there's this reality of that. It has to come into the practicality mm-hmm. of living, not just this mental esteem. Yeah. So there's two different types of hearing and we, that we seem to see in Scripture. And with, with Jesus making the comment in Revelation multiple times, at least seven, because I know he said it to each of the churches, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And most of us are going, to look, well, I have an ear. Yeah, but are you hearing what the Spirit is saying to the church? And... Uh, we all could have a physical ear, but that doesn't mean we have a spiritual one that is dedicated and given and open because there's two types of hearing. We, you can hear information like you're saying. You can know that something's true, but that doesn't mean it leads to activation of that agreement, receptivity to it. Many of us are struggling to hear. We don't even know that we want to hear, but then some of us are in that gray territory where we're hearing and we know what God says. We've memorized it even. We know the clarity. We know that the trumpet blast is calling us to war. Then why aren't we going to war? Isn't that trumpet telling you to leave your house right now, leave your family and go and fight for Israel? And yet, why aren't you doing it then? And we have our funny justifications because we don't want to hear with that clarity. So we justify, it's like, well, I'm not totally certain it was three blasts. I think it may have been just two and it may have been just, you know, a call for the assembly. And I'm really not a part of the assembly. And so as a result, you have non-action. Christianity is based upon not just hearing, but doing. And so, but to do, you have to hear. And so it's the combo package of the hearing doing. If we could, if we could make that one word, it would actually help. Instead of you know hearing and doing, we have hearing doing, and that's what we do as Christians. We hear do, and and that's how we hear. We hear to do, so we hear do. We just made it, made up a new word. I don't know how to spell it exactly, but it almost it, sounds like hairdo. So it does I'm, sort I'm of a... sound like hairdo. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. So how's your hairdo? Well, it's great. It's, um... Are we talking a hairdo or a hairdo? Uh, there's actually a lot of good illustrations of that in terms of the, the practicality of it. In other words, Scripture says stuff like, do not fear. And yet, as we look at this last year, yep. there are a lot of Christians who are living in fear. Yep. So it's like we heard the Word of God. Yep. We esteemed the Word of God. We're not doing it. Yep. Uh, there's passages like, do not lust. And we're like, okay, yes, amen. Yeah, we should have purity. And then... Yet we look at the statistics of Im- immorality and impurity in the church, and you're like, uh, I thought I thought we read those passages. Yeah. Well, we did. Amen. <laughs> or, you know, show hospitality. Uh-huh. It's like, that seems so easy. And yet mm-hmm. that's one that God's been poking at me going on. Uh, Nathan, show hospitality. And I'm like, amen. That's right. Yeah. Love people. Yeah. Well, how, how often do you invite people into your home? Don't ask that question. <laughs> uh, right? In other words, it's like we, we esteem we esteem these passages and we memorize the passages, but we're not actually doing the passage. Mm-hmm. And there's a breakdown, I think, in modern Christianity mm-hmm. that we have such a high esteem, or we, we say we have a high esteem, that we've heard the word, but we actually haven't heard yeah. the word because it's not coming into a fruitful reality. Yeah. There's, and we're going to unpack this week more and more into the roar and the fear of God. 
and that's that's obviously a key dimension here is being able is risking your comforts to listen and to heed and to hear do to actually say god this is not about me and my comforts and right now i tell you what for most american christians it's still about them and their comforts even though they love jesus and they they really desire god to get his due they desire god to win and they desire god to reach people but if it's going to cost them their own reputation and their own comforts it's like god could you look somewhere else because that's too precious to me hmm. to tune our ears our spiritual ears to hear the frequency of god the roar the clear word that cuts through all fog that removes all confusion and that says here's the step you need to take because right now some of us are like god i want to serve you but i don't know that i really want to know exactly what you want me to do so god i'm here and i'm listening sort of <laughs> i'm just a little off the station so that i can act like i'm hearing even though i'm not really wanting to hear and i think for all of us we just need to freshly say god tune me in i want to hear it i genuinely want it even though it's challenging i trust that your grace is going to carry me into that state of active obedience Boy, do we need it now in the church. And I think just as a practical step, you talked about it in the message, but that idea of a predecided yes, mm. I think a lot of us, we want to evaluate what God says in the word before we come into agreement with it. And there's a different disposition when I say, Lord, even before you say anything, before I read any scripture, before your spirit presses out upon my heart, just know I'm in agreement. So if you ask anything, I'm in. Amen. And if it's even if it's hard and difficult and it's going to throw my world upside down, Lord, I, I know that you're right and I'm... I want to come in agreement with that. That's right. Just in closing, would you mind talking about that idea of the consecrated ear? Yeah. That, that's so important in Scripture, and I think it's a great illustration mm -hmm. just to maybe tie this whole episode together. Yeah, and so in Revelation, we were saying when it says, he was an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. That's a statement of an ear that is set apart. And so in the Old Testament, you're going to see an ear set apart, and that is the bondservant who, out of love, is going to, even though he was set free, is going to return to his master and serve him and so the symbol of that is in the ear. And so he will be placed up against the doorpost and his ear pierced with an awl. And he has a symbol on his ear, which shows that he has an ear for his master. And so whatever his master is going to ask of him, the answer is yes, even before he asks. And that's, of course, what his, his consecrated ear means, his pierced ear means. And the question for all of us is, do we have a pierced ear? before God, spiritually speaking, of course. I'm not just trying to promote all of us going out and getting our ears pierced, but do we have a pierced ear before God? Have we ever come to the doorpost of the kingdom of heaven and said, God, I want to hear what you have to say to your church. And so I want to be one that the spirit of God can speak to. Here's my ear. So that we posture ourselves and position ourselves even before he asks. And you're posturing your position yourself now, and there could be a request 10 years from now that you have not yet received, but you're answering yes, Lord, to it, even 10 years in advance. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.